On this episode of View the Right Thing, newcomer Daniel joins Wes as they give us their take on the corrupt cop drama, Rampart. I am not a racist. Fact is, I hate all people equally. I can prove that your shooting was dirty, just like I can prove you dirty. You're a dirty cop and you dirtied all of us up by default. Now it's time for a new episode of View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of View the Right Thing. Oh, you have no idea how good that felt, Daniel. I've got Daniel Weiss with me as uh, my guest host, and he's all of a sudden gone silent mysteriously. You can say hi. (laughs) Is that what feels so good, me being silent? No. uh, So... For sadly, you apparently have never listened to our show. <laughs> prior I to this. don't know how to listen to things. So uh, normally, when I introduce the show, Steve butts in with Indiana Jaws. He he insists that the name of the show is Indiana Jaws. So this is the first Indiana Jaws less episode <laughs> intro that I've done. So don't worry, I'll come up with several names. The show should be called. Hey, can't wait. Bet you can't. Uh, how are you doing? I'm great. This movie's not on anymore, so I'm great. (laughs) Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Anything exciting going on in your life right now? No. Why? Anything that should be exciting? Giving you the opportunity to talk about yourself. Well, I uh, have a sweatshirt that's fitting really well right now. You're not wearing a sweatshirt. Not right this second, but I found a sweatshirt that has been my number one sweatshirt. What color is it? Green. It's over there. I see it. Let's, uh, see. let's see. I was on an episode of a TV show. Oh, and, were you? And uh, I need some new shoes. What, what show was that? The People versus O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story. See, our listeners probably already knew that because Steve and I bragged about you Aww. last episode. But what about the two people listening just because I'm on it? Oh, your mom and dad? Yeah. <laughs> I imagine they know what show you were on. Probably. All right. Cool. Have you? So, uh, that's it. That's have what's you, going on. Have you seen any good movies or any movies in general lately uh, in the theater? I saw Laser Team. Laser Team, all right. Have you talked about that yet? <laughs> we have not talked about Laser Team yet. I saw Laser Team also. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. What, what, was your th- what are your thoughts on Laser Team? I enjoyed it. I, I watched it in a very different way than you, I feel like. Okay. Uh, for one thing, I saw it in a crowd of people that were fans of the guys that made it Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth fans. And I think a lot of contributors to their Indiegogo were there as well. Mm -hmm. As well as a friend of mine, Colton Dunn, who's in the movie, there were some people that I know from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Yeah. So it was a very, very friendly audience that was into it. It kind of felt like a silent party watching a a movie. Yeah. Except for... The cameos by people that I don't know yeah, who they are from right. the internet. But I thought it was fun. I didn't really look at it like this needs to be a well-done movie. I just said to myself, is this going to be entertaining? And it was. And I love Colton. And I thought he was great. Cool. The end. The end, huh? Dot, dot, dot. Question mark. There's an ellipsis <laughs> and a question mark. So there's a the end, an ellipsis, yes, <laughs> and a question mark. See. All righty. Uh, I saw Laser Team. I, I did not come away with um, the same feelings that you had. Um, I think, like, I'm probably the 
the demographic for this film for the most part um, because I'm a fan of Rooster Teeth and I've been watching them for years. But um, I'm also a fan of coherently made film. Yeah, and I, and I felt like um, while I love these guys and I thought it had its moments, I thought um, that maybe it showed some limitations as filmmakers um, who primarily make stuff for the internet um, and that that didn't always translate very well to screen. Um, yeah, so uh, I wasn't I didn't walk away um, loving the film like I was hoping I would. So that's about all I'm going to say about that. I agree with you. It definitely was people that made internet videos making a movie and the transition wasn't great. Yeah. I just went in thinking, it's not going to be great. It's just going to be fun. These guys made it with money from fans. That's why. So they did a lot of fan service, I felt. I think that's why I wanted it to be better because it was like these guys kind of rose from nothing, essentially. They, They started as a very small company. Now they're a huge company. And I wanted to see them, like, just keep propelling themselves. Um, and I wanted to see them take the fans' money and make something truly right. amazing and, like, sort of set a standard for Indiegogo films. And uh, they, didn't. they didn't execute on that, unfortunately. Um, I guess and it got just, savaged by critics. Just going to have to get Zach Braff to keep making crowdfunded yeah. movies. Yeah, people didn't really like that last one either. I actually kind of liked that one. I didn't see it. I was annoyed with the way he did it, but to each his own, and that's we'll, your own thing. We'll put it in your bucket. That's all right. <laughs> You're not trusting the bucket right now. The, the, bucket, <laughs> the bucket was a jerk. The bucket holds our destiny. That's what I always say about this podcast, is the bucket holds our destiny. And uh, for whatever reason, the bucket wanted us to watch Rampart, and so we did. That was, I think, the one movie that I was like, I'm okay if we don't pick it. And then it is the first one. You, so we got out of the way. Yeah, you know, um I uh I take a little bit of responsibility because I hand wrote that and put it in the in the bucket, but I like I said, the the bucket the bucket controls. It does. So. Well for me at least in this case is it's about movies. One of us or both of us haven't seen. Right. Neither of us had seen this. Right. So we watched it. Yeah. If I had seen that movie before and been like, you have to see it, would you have been just like, you're an idiot? If you had told me that I had to see it and then I saw it, yeah, I would have said, all right, I don't think it was nearly as good as you told me it was. I'm it a is. little let down. But hey, everyone's got a Kubrick uh, thing that they think about and <laughs> their own uh, weird what, what do you conspiracy mean theory. Accusing? So hey, it's just that you, you like that movie and it's not my thing. So he's referencing Room 237. Which I don't was, know what you're talking about. I was about. like, you gotta see Room 237. It's and then crazy. I saw it. And he was like, meh. But you have to admit that Room 237 is a crazy film. Oh, it's a crazy film. I wanted to see more about to me, the film is about the people that have the conspiracy theories, not the theories themselves. Yeah, fair enough. That's what I wanted to see. Yeah. Interviewed those people, kind of like a Trekkies type sure, thing. Sure, sure. Dead air. <laughs> so, okay, so let's uh, let's jump into Rampart. So I imagine for listeners, um, this is probably going to be a little different than 
how we've done previous episodes. One, I've got a different smart ass sitting next to me. Oh, and the, thanks. The other thing is, uh, um, this movie was, uh, it was, it was difficult to draw from it. It's hard when you, um, when you're not really into the film to like really glean, uh, you know, movie making, you know, facts and subtext out of it sometimes. So, um, so I imagine this will probably actually be a pretty short review. Of <laughs> not if I have anything to do with not it. If you have not if I bring Dershwin in. No, don't bring Dershwin in. We he's, don't need Dershwin. he's sitting on the other end of the couch. What's the name of the puppet in uh, Arrested Development? I forget. Yeah. But... All right. So <laughs> great. Yeah. So. Uh, Ramparts stars Woody Harrelson, and uh, it's about a police officer in um, L.A., 1999 L.A. Um, they've had the Rodney King thing years prior to that, and then um, another scandal, the the Rampart scandal, which is a sort of like section of L.A., uh, which they don't really go into the scandal. They reference it a few times, and essentially it had to deal with um, uh, a gang unit task force uh some members of this gang unit um started selling drugs to people in this community and they become like sort of tried to level themselves as sort of drug kingpins and there was this huge scandal because they got caught so um they reference that a few times in the film like they kind of talk about it but they don't really say what it is that was annoying to me that they didn't explain what it was yes i was a kid uh, 99 so i was 17 when that happened just a young pup i was i wasn't really paying attention to that stuff so i heard the name back then rampart i kind of knew something was up i didn't really remember so if i see a movie called rampart and they constantly reference it yeah i want to know what that is i mean we saw it on the dv on a tv Sure. But we didn't see it in theaters. But if I'm in theaters, I'm not going to pull out my phone and start going, oh, what was Rampart? Which, by the way, we didn't pull out our phones. We didn't either. either but. Correct. We wanted to treat this as if we were viewing it completely. As, as best we could, yep. Yes. So I shouldn't have to look up. When I see a movie, I'm okay if there's something in it that I'm like, oh, I want to know more. And then I continue the journey. But this movie was called Rampart. Well, I mean, the Rampart, like that he was still part of that police off like police uh, station, right? Right. That, that, that community, he was still part of that um, patrolling this Hispanic community, which was the Rampart district. Right. I just so, feel like they kept referencing it. They could have easily been, I mean like, like, like his captain, when you saw this, the name on the door, he was the captain of Rampart. So no, I get that. I'm just saying, if they're going to keep referencing this thing, that's still open. Oh, there they are. It's well-timed police intervention outside that's all right keep going i gotta go (laughs) i just feel like they could have given a quick boom this is what that was yeah for that it seemed like they the least of my they made um a bigger deal out of rodney king in the film they mentioned that a little bit more specifically Mm -hmm. and i think because of the content of this film Um, so he's a cop and the movie starts, he's driving around. It's like this really tight shot on his head and he's just like looking around and driving. You don't really see a lot of what he's looking at. Um, at some point, um, he sees some people, uh, some Hispanic people in it, like at a garage sitting outside a garage and he drives really fast and stops really close to them and kind of scares them and laughs and stuff. Um, 
Like clearly he's having fun harassing people. Um, and we eventually see him with his other cop buddies and this, uh, this female cop who's clearly a rookie. She's on probation and, uh, and they're having lunch. Do you remember they're having lunch? They are. It's him, the female cop, the punisher, and the punisher. some mustache guy that showed up out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, I laughed. There's a shot of the Punisher talking. Yeah. Then it pans back to Woody Harrelson. Then it pans back to the Punisher, and this mustached cop is, is there. standing there out of nowhere. They didn't establish that he was there. That's correct. Um, they were at uh, Tommy's. Yes. Which is an institution in L.A. Yeah, it doesn't, shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because you were talking about when you were a kid hearing Rampart but not really knowing what it was. Um, you are... I think the only person I know in LA who's from this area, everybody else in LA seems like has moved here from Pittsburgh yes. or Arizona or, or somewhere or, or else, Seattle or wherever. Yeah. So you're one of the only people. So, you know, Tommy's pretty well, I imagine I do. Well, that's the thing. I feel like I was there for the whole Rodney King thing mm-hmm. and the OJ thing aside from filming it mm-hmm. in a TV show. Mm-hmm. But the I think by the time it was Rampart, I was done. Sure, it was just another thing close to us that was breaking open with the cops and yeah. conspiracies and all that. But I do know Tommy's. I I knew a lot of the areas. Yeah. that they were in in this. Yeah, movie. I recognize the Tommy's. Um, so for the listeners that don't know, Tommy's is a chili cheeseburger place <laughs> in L.A. Um, and I thought it was interesting that that was the hangout for the cops. The like throughout the entire film they keep going back to tommy's um we meet um the general so the first time we meet the general is in the scene uh we don't exactly meet him more more as much as we meet his dog but um the female cop the rookie uh has finished her food and they notice that she's still got fries and they sort of force her to eat the fries she's like i don't eat fries i got a cholesterol thing i'm not supposed to eat them and and uh woody harrelson's character says if you want to get through probation you're going to eat the fries so they basically force her to eat the fries and uh they you know you shouldn't have ordered them if you didn't want them kind of a thing and uh sometimes it's cheaper to get the extra value meal (laughs) if you're just going to get a soda and a cheeseburger to get the fries too sure it's like 35 cents cheaper so um she asks uh about the scandal the rampart scandal um and Woody Harrelson makes a really interesting comment. His character makes an interesting comment um, about how it used to be a true soldier's department. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think that's um, important for especially later on. But he he's a former military guy. And and as we it, it's interesting this watching this movie now after watching Ferguson and Baltimore and um you know, several other places where people are protesting police brutality. Uh, we have become a society, not to get too political, but we've become a society where we've militarized our police department. And that's very much what happened in LA in the nineties. Um, and, uh, and he makes this comment about how this used to be a real soldier's department, but now everybody's worried about getting caught doing something that, you know, no respect, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I thought that, that, um, acknowledgement of military militarization was was interesting um and it's not till 
she um, talks about how she didn't have a father growing up. He just wasn't around that. Um, and she makes herself vulnerable to him um, that he lets up on the French fry thing. He grabs the fries and he lets her off the hook and he takes them over to the general and feeds the fries to the dog. Um, I, I felt that right away, even though he did that, it just made me not like him. And if he's mm-hmm. the main character, sure. It got me off on a bad foot. Yeah, it's tough right away. And I thought, it was going to be about her and him. Mm. Although, being that it was only 2011, and I didn't know who she was as an actor, mm-hmm. made me feel like she's probably not that big of a main character. Mm-hmm. But at first I thought it was going to be like a training day type of thing, uh, where yeah. he, she goes along with him, and then maybe we see her side. Yeah. But we didn't. No. And so right away, I don't like Woody Harrelson's character, right? and I don't want to root for him and I don't want to see him. And he was in every single scene. He's in every scene. There is not a single scene that he's not in. Um, I, I'm totally with you on this. I think it, it's really tough to watch a movie where you don't root for the characters in some way. Um, I think by the end of the film, I had something I was rooting for. Um, but it certainly wasn't the main character. Right. It wasn't his character. Um, so he lets her off the hook. Then he takes her. Uh, he says, let's go have some fun. And so, and then they don't, well, well to him, I think it was. So they go respond to a shoplifter, um, at like a, right. A CVS or something. And, uh, and he, he asks for the room to be cleared. He makes the rookie go outside and he proceeds to beat up the guy who was shoplifting, looking for the address for a meth house meth lab or something and she sees his excessive force uh he throws the guy into the like the the window for the room for the office and then they go in and they they report it and he makes her tell whoever it is that they're reporting to in the the police station the address of the the meth place and the look of disgust on her face sort of i think says everything you need to know about it Mm -hmm. there's also something interesting in there yeah they asked him, I guess I kind of answered my own question just now thinking more <laughs> about the scene. Mm-hmm. So, great. See you guys later. Uh, cool. When somebody asked him, like, hey, I need a reference for this case. Mm-hmm. And he gives him, he gives the guy uh, some name, you know, the people versus whatever. Yeah. And then she says, you memorize all that? He's like, oh, I do. Or make it up. Yeah. That never came back. Ever, and I think the only reason they did that is to show that he skirts the law yeah. of, oh, here's this thing. If it's not true, I'll just make it up. But that ha- that scene yeah. had a lot of little things that could have amounted to something and did not. Well, I think it, I think it was definitely a character thing um, because we see several times where he – he um, speaks with the district attorney or speaks with the mayor or speaks with someone and he tries to use like reference legalese. Right. Um, Cause and, he might have been a lawyer at some point, maybe. Well, they kind say, of. they say that he failed the bar. Right. So he, he couldn't pass the bar. So he became a cop right. um, to still, you know, quote unquote practice law. If you can't but, do cop. <laughs> so th- there's this, this moment. Um, and I noticed it more so toward the end. Um, where he uses these um, 
what he thinks are like big words. He uses what he thinks are like $10 words. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sounds like a bunch of nonsense, really. I mean, he's, he's making a coherent sentence, but it's like, it's kind of like um, somebody who's not a very good writer. They write a sentence and then they open up a thesaurus and they change every other word to something bigger to make it look like they're smarter than they really are. And that's kind of what he does. And sort of how he skates by, they talk about him skating by, um, you know, this isn't just going to blow over. You're not going to just skate by and everything's going to be okay. Um, you know, he memorizes as little as he possibly needs to of the law in order to skirt around every situation. And that's, that's, I think that's sort of what that's referencing. Um, so he, uh, he goes home and he sees his kids. One of them refers to him as date rape. And he says, don't call me that. Um, he's got, uh, two kids, two daughters from different mothers. And it appears they live next door to each other. You didn't get the further meaning. Well, although oh, I was going to say the two mothers are also sisters. Yes. Um, so his daughters are cousin sisters. Yeah. Cousins, half sisters. Again, more right away in the first 20 minutes. So for you're me just to like, be like, what a scumbag. I just don't like him. Yeah. There's nothing that I want to keep watching his life. Yeah. Well, it gets it gets even more crazy. Yes, it does. So uh, there's like this dinner scene. We notice there's this artwork, and then they address it in the dinner scene. There's this big collage hanging up, and it's got the c word on it and blood and all. Anyways, other stuff. Other stuff. And, um, and so they have this conversation about the artwork. Um, but I know this is where I noticed. Um, I realized that in the Tommy's scene, they had asked. You know, they were like, "Are you going to eat anything?" And he's you know, she offers him the fries and stuff and he's like, no, I'm not hungry. And then in the dinner scene with his family, he doesn't eat. And almost throughout the entire film, he doesn't eat until later. Well, we'll address now. I get that. What you were talking about. Yeah. Why that scene was so interesting. So we'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, but even a little bit in a couple scenes from now, um, he's going to bring food into the office and it's like, he, he's by the way, they're donuts. It was Okay. So it's like a cop thing, is what you're saying? It's just a little like it at this point. It made me feel like the writer. I didn't get that. What I, I know, I know where you're going with that. Where am I going with it? You're saying that the writer's like using cop trope, right? No, no. Okay, what are you saying? Well, yes and no. Okay, it made me feel like the writer was trying that this whole movie, just up to this point, mm-hmm. is anti-cop. Cops are bad. Cops are pigs. Donuts. But see, and this is why I don't why I don't agree with that because they never show the cops hanging out in a donut place, right? They right. show the and and here's why the donuts work for me. Um, well, let's get to the donut scene. Let's get let's, to the donut let's, scene. Let's, let's build up to it. So before that happens, um, he uh, during the dinner scene, he uh, leans over to one uh, ex girlfriend or wife and says, "Can I sleep with you tonight?" And she turns him down. And then eventually he ends up on the other side of the table and he looks over at the other one and he, the other ex-wife, whatever. And he says, can I sleep with you tonight? And he he says, can we cuddle? Can we cuddle tonight? Yeah. So he uses different, different tactics. Di- yeah, because they're they're really clearly different women. Yes. That's a really good point because the first one is very straightforward and very blunt. And we, by the end of the film, she gets like so blunt that she gives him what four verbally. But she gives the, him what five. Yeah. The – um. The one that he asks to cuddle with is definitely a little bit more good natured and um, 
tries to smooth everything over. And so it's a really good observation that he asks if he can sleep with one and cuddle with the other. So uh, he ends up going out to a bar and he meets a girl. And I think she what they made it seem like she was hanging out. But then that whole conversation yeah seems like they had known each other for 10 years yeah well i think there's a i think there was definitely a, a time jump that we didn't get yes but not a 10 year time jump yeah well so so they were they did t- speak very familiar with each other i think at that point it was a foregone cl- conclusion that they were going to sleep with each of other course. uh and she talks about how she likes she's she has a thing for cops and um her brother was a cop is that the yes. deal and uh that's what it Led to him saying, so it's like you have a thing for your brother. And she goes, no, you want to have sex? Basically. If somebody said to me, are you trying to have sex with me because I remind you of your sister? I'd be like, no. I'm out. And you know what? (laughs) Now that you brought that up, it was really nice meeting you. I got to go. Right. So um – so they they have this uh, this conversation, and she says, "Well, I know about how cops have like special nicknames and little monikers they have for each other. What's yours?" And sh- she finally gets him to tell her what it is, and his is date rape, date rape, date rape. Um, and so, and then he explains, and so now we know why the daughter called him date rape. Uh, he explains that he uh is accused of. He cannot confirm nor deny. Right. He was accused of killing a serial date rapist, which excites the girl. Like, oh, you, you're a protector yeah. of women. Hooray. Which makes me feel like his nickname should be murderer, not <laughs> right. date rape. Right. Um, he didn't do the date raping. Sure. So they uh, they go have sex and he's in defeat. Like, well, somebody's in defeat. She's in defeat. Somebody's in defeat. I he he enjoys licking those feet, though. It's he, pretty clear. He seems to. Um, and then she seems remorseful right away. And it's interesting because she is uh, a person of color in the you know the, the actress that they chose. Yeah, for you the can scene. say it ethnic or, or a person of color. I think is just fine. That's right? racist. I don't think so. So, um, and I, I wrote down, will that be important question mark? And, and it turns out that it gets used as like defense later on. So I think it is important. Um, but, uh, then he goes on patrol and he's driving around in his patrol car the night, like the next day. And he gets T-boned by a Hispanic man driving a car. And, uh, when he goes, he gets out of his car very angrily as if he's going to go over and yank the guy out of his car. And, uh, when he gets up, approaches the door, the guy opens the door really hard into him and then runs. So he chases down this Hispanic guy and puts a beating on him with like a, um, what do they call those little Billy club? Was it the Billy club? Nightstick? No, I think it was like one of those. Blackjack? A blackjack. Racist. Right. The little, that's a little like leather thing. Yeah, so I, think I couldn't he, tell what it was. Yeah, I think that's something like that. That's it, that he was beating him with, and then he kicked him. And he, yeah, um, and it turns out he was being videotaped. So uh, the LAPD has another officer beating a person of color um, mercilessly, almost to death. So they got to deal with that. Um, the entire movie. The entire movie is really about kind of about that. So um, he kind of hides the news from his kids. Um, and then we see him bring donuts to work. Uh, 
Oh, I do want to say something specifically. Yes. That will tie into later. Yes. So do they it. did a what I think is a huge passage of time showing that he's watching the news reports about himself uh-huh. and that there's an investigation and they specifically say that he's on leave. I see I don't I didn't catch that. They did so the news report said Officer Brown is currently on leave while the investigations are underway. Yeah. So they that's something specific. So to me, he's on leave and till something else happens later, mm-hmm. we don't see him in uniform on patrol at all. Um Yeah, I mean we see him in in uniform when he goes to meet his his buddy for the first time, he's in uniform. Is he? Yeah, I and, don't recall that. Yeah, he's definitely in uniform because I I started to write down that it was like lunch break, but it's not. Mm. It was just because I thought it was weird that he was like on patrol in his car and that he right. went and just like went and sat down in a restaurant with his friend. But I don't know. So, um, so he goes into work obviously not in uniform as you're saying with donuts. Uh, why I like the donuts is like it's the universal sign of Hey, what a good guy coming into work and bringing everybody donuts. Right. It's like it's like just short of bringing in a birthday cake. That's like what he, everybody wants to right. see in an office. But then he walked by everybody and brought them into the the lieutenant's the, office. The captain's office, yeah. Um so he brings in the donuts to work and then he goes and talks with a lawyer that played by Sigourney Weaver. I wasn't sure at first, and I still not totally sure. Um she's a lawyer for the police department maybe. I think so. Because Buscemi is the DA or is he the mayor? I think he's the DA. They didn't really – they he's weren't the, too clear on – I think he's the DA running for mayor because later on they it. show a sign that says – that has his name on a fence. Um, so I think he's I think he's like a DA right. that's going to make a mayoral run. Um, so yeah. he goes to talk to Sigourney Weaver's character, this lawyer, and – It does not go well. No. Uh, they basically want him to retire and he's like, "Look, here's how this is gonna go." If, I'm not too old for this shit. Yeah, if you, if you, oh, can I, I cuss? Yeah, you can. That cuss. was it. That was the one. Okay. So uh, he says, "If if you force me to retire, I'm gonna do this, this, and this. I'll represent myself. You know, that you know, there'll be a bad jury, and they'll convict me, but I'll get a fine and time served, and then I'm gonna go be on Fox News and blah blah blah. Right. I mean, that's what Fox News I'm is on another racist. and I'm on this and right. that, and I got I fought for this country and blah 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 blah. Right. Uh, so Southern. you're right; it does not go well. He ends up in another bar where he meets this. Uh, the bar is playing news clips of him that everybody in the bar is watching, including this woman in a gray suit and by the way unless this is like oh everyone knows he's there and every single person in the bar yeah is a regular yeah nobody was like hey that's him oh hey look over there hey that guy that's on tv right now that's him hey, look. oh isn't that the cop that's suspected right. for shooting the guy right whispering's not great but cool i don't really care <laughs> so um there he goes again okay so uh sorry hey isn't that the guy in the bar? Thing. Okay, hey, we, that's the guy. We got it. Better? Yeah. So, we get it? so the um, he is a, a definitely regular there because we see him there multiple times. Yes, but with I'm saying the everyone else would guy. have to be a regular. No, no, no. And she's definitely not because he hadn't seen her before. Correct. Uh, so he 
he approaches her. He thinks that she's this lawyer that's there for him. Um, I and him are getting information or supposed to chat him up or whatever. And, and he's like, tell me you're not a lawyer. And she says, I'm not a lawyer then. And he basically tells her to tell him all this stuff and they just kind of make up a story and she knows it's made up and we know it's made up, but he sort of buys it, I guess, or just, we find out later that he bought it and he was like, I you thought lied he was to me. playing into it too. Yeah. So, he, but then later and oh, yes, yeah. he had like a weird 10 year old rent. You lied to me. Yeah. So, um, he hits on this woman and, uh, played by Robin Wright Penn. She's she still married to that guy? No. Robin Wright? Not at all. And uh, and so then they go and they have sex. Yes, which, you know, that, I totally saw that coming. So here's where, this is the moment when, when he has gone to a bar again and he's got another woman. I went, I don't understand what kind of pull this guy has. Because he fooled these two sisters so much so that they're okay with the fact that he fathered children with them both and that they live next door to each other and then he goes out to a bar and he can you know just pick up these women and and they know he's a scumbag they know that he's accused of like this woman the lawyer this new lawyer um knows that he's accused of this and is watching a video of him mercilessly beating somebody in a park or whatever right and And she's like yeah i'll go home and sleep with you and her explanation later which i don't even want to repeat Mm -hmm. was ridiculous oh yeah she's just she's a man eater basically is what she basically says literally so um yeah it's just uh i didn't buy it she's someone that she has powered yeah she has issues oh Uh, here's the other thing real quick yeah sorry to cut you off no go ahead but she admits to him later that she is the uh, defending attorney or prosecuting attorney against another case he's in. Wouldn't she know who he is? No, no. I think she says that she knows about him because of the case, but I don't think she was actually the person. It sounded to me that she was. Maybe it's unclear. I don't know. I, I thought she said, I'm representing the guy in the the family in the date rape scandal. Well, we later learned that the date rape people have, I mean, I don't think they have representation because they're all dead for the most part, but, um, maybe either I missed it or it was unclear or maybe, I don't know. But I, I, so she said, she explains to him when she finally fesses up to who she really is. She said, she calls him and she says, uh, I need to tell you the truth. And he's like the truth. So he goes over to her. Uh, does he go to her house? No, they meet no. in a bar again. Okay. And they talk about um she talks about how um she works with the DA's office um because she represents victims specifically against the LAPD. And he was like, Oh, this was a setup and she's like, No, it wasn't a setup at all, blah 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 blah. So I think you're great for some reason. I don't know why. Right. Even though you might have raped me in the hotel room, I wasn't clear on that. In the hotel room? When she was going to leave, and he's like, "No," she's like, oh, "I got," it. and then nah, they I mean, I don't. Away. Th- I don't think I really picked up on that. I think, I think, no, like, I think he's it, just being kind of forceful. He's being forceful, and I think he—it's sort of like showing again. He has this pull, this inexplicable pull, uh, with women, and I just don't. Uh, yeah, again, because he used to be a bartender, uh, in Chicago. Kelly, 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 Kelly. All right, so, um, so he goes. He's back on patrol. They don't really explain that. They, he just is. Uh, and he um, 
goes to meet with a buddy of his who's a former cop. I couldn't quite tell if it was his old partner or he just knew him. The guy makes a uh, reference to the fact that he protected his father when his father was a police officer. Right, so it might have been his father's partner. Yeah. Just um, the quintessential old retired cop that's up yeah, to no good. Played by Ned Beatty. I love Ned Beatty. Um, I like Warren better. <laughs> so they uh, they have this meeting and it's sort of reference that he's going to help him get through this whole thing. Um, and he, and this, this old cop is a racist. Um, and, uh, he condones the activity that, uh, Woody Harrelson's character has been, been doing and sort of like, oh yeah, they deserve it. That's sort of his mentality behind it. Damn foreigners. So then he goes and meets with Sigourney Weaver's lawyer character again. And, uh, Steve Buscemi's character, who is maybe the, I think the district attorney. I think, what a waste of Buscemi, by the way. It's just, such a small part. Um, so uh, the whole the there's this huge animosity between him and Woody Harrelson's character, and it's like a lot of back and forth. And uh, Sigourney Weaver's lawyer character is trying to like smooth everything out and constantly like you know put your dicks away essentially to both these guys, um, and. I actually kind of like the scene. Um, I liked what they were saying to each other. And this is where he like pulls out some lawyers ruling in 1947 or something. And, and Buscemi's like, I've never heard that before. And he's like, Oh, I thought you went to blah, 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 Georgetown or whatever. And, uh, and Sigourney Weaver's just trying to like keep the peace. And meanwhile, the camera is constantly like every time it cuts to somebody, it's moving from left to right. Um, you know, when you spin around, you make yourself dizzy. You spin oh, around like when you're a kid. I know it well. And then you stop. And then you still feel like you're spinning. But what it looks like to you is you're constantly being jerked back to the left or whatever direction you were spinning. So it's like it's moving and then you get jerked back and it's moving and you get jerked back and it's moving. You know what I'm talking about? The camera's essentially doing that. So every time it cuts to somebody, it starts to their left and moves to the right. Then it cuts to somebody, it starts to the left and moves to the right. And it goes – and they're all sitting in sort of this triangular position – um, three-pointed position so it makes you feel like you're spinning around constantly and you're constantly dizzy so i don't know i, I um i thought that was a really interesting decision um by the director to just kind of like show this completely out of control situation and it's not gonna like they're gonna fall down essentially yep. what's gonna happen <laughs> so he goes back and talks to the captain again and the captain um, tells him there's his captain's daughters in there doing yeah, homework. Was, wasn't even like, oh, it's a father daughter day. Bring your kid to work day. Yeah. Get out. Shut the door from the other side. Yeah. All cops are dicks. So he's he tells him that dicks. he's like, why am I still getting paid? Why am I still in the job? Right. Which made me feel like I think he's saying, why haven't I been suspended? Which. Right. But it wasn't clear enough to me because yeah. to me it could have been. That he's suspended with pay. So I assumed it was just, why haven't I just been suspended in general? Because he was still in uniform. So, and we'd seen him in uniform prior to this with Ned Beatty's. I didn't remember that. You, yeah, no, we talked about it and you were like, I don't remember him in uniform. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it's, it's true. It happened. So. That's what you say. Um, so anyways, he says that somebody essentially is pulling strings for him. And then we, you know, there's other evidence later to to sort of back that up because, you know, Ice Cube's character is like. You know, why are you still patrolling? And he's right. like, maybe they believe I'm innocent. I think that's like further evidence that somebody was lo- looking out for him. Ned Beatty's character was pulling strings. And 
was keeping him on the job. By the way, Ice Cube. Yes, we'll, we'll get to Ice Cube. Um, actually, yeah, I liked him a lot in this, actually. Uh, so he goes and he meets with uh, some other lawyers, and the other lawyers are like, you got to put us on retainer. And, of course, that, like, eats all of his money. Right. He's got to figure out where he's going to get some money from. Um, where could he possibly get money from? And he does the thing where he uses the big words again and mm-hmm. makes him look a jerk. Uh, he meets with... Um, this is where uh, the the woman lawyer, uh, Robin Wright's character, Linda, says, um, I have to tell you the truth. And so she tells him that she works for victims against LAPD. Uh, then he goes home and his wife tells him that they all need to go their own separate way. And he, they've got to, like, sell the houses and he's got to move out and go live somewhere else and so on. Um, he goes and meets with his old partner. And then they have sex. Uh, well, they start to have sex. Possibly. Well, they start to have sex, and then she tells him that. Right. He's like, can't this wait? And she's like, no. She tells him that, and then I think they don't because he's upset. Um, he goes and he meets with his old partner again. This is about where my notes are going to run out. Um, well, this is the library scene. Uh, this is the library scene? Well, he, yeah, where, where he, he goes and meets his, his partner. partner. Yeah. In the library? Yeah. Where I noticed something very interesting yeah. that we talked about. And I thought it, yeah, go ahead. So there was an extra or a background actor in the library by herself with her back to the camera, mm-hmm. wearing almost the exact same jacket as his female lawyer lady friend and almost the same haircut. It looked like her. And I think it was intentional. I, I you, At first you were like, I think that's bad. Bad yeah, filmmaking. I think it's bad uh, I, casting. I think it's intentional. I think they probably put somebody there. There's, I noticed that Robin Wright's character, um, for pretty much the whole film, if not the whole film, there's some scenes where it's a little difficult to tell what color her outfit is, but she's wearing gray. Yes. And she sort of represents like this sort of neutral um, thing in his life where she is in between both the victims and the people he's victimizing, right? So he goes to meet um, Ned Beatty's character, who's basically a, like enabling him by pulling these strings, enabling him to stay on the job. He's the devil. And well, I mean, it's allowing him to continue to commit crimes, which is going to happen again. Yes. And, um, there's this woman who looks very much like her sort of I think in my eyes represents Linda and Linda could very easily be his salvation. She very easily could be the person that he goes to and could solve a lot of these problems for him and help him like not just get out of this, but become a better human being. And, he chooses not to do that. He chooses to go to Ned Beatty because that's the right. easy way out. And that gives him the thing that he wants. And maybe the thing that he wants is huge in this film because everything he, he does is motivated by desire, whether it's beating this person up or the shooting that's going to happen in a little bit or the club scene, which is going to happen in a little bit. We'll get to, which is my favorite scene. Yeah, um, it sure is your favorite scene. <laughs> um, you know, it's all about desire for this, this guy. So, um, I, I kind of like this idea that there's this woman who looks exactly like him with her back turned to him, that he walks past, he chooses to walk past this person. It could have been Linda for all we know. Right. It could have been. I still maintain that the second AD just was sleeping on the job. I don't think so. Well, let me call him. Do it. His name's Dershwin. Um, I, I, um, the movie, you know, talking about like sort of what he, what his desire is. 
um, the movie is sort of an example of like what people do to kind of give into their needs or their desire. Right. So like, you know, he has the desire to like release all this anger and he does the things that he needs to do and he finds the victims he needs to find. Like for the most part in the film, it's, you know, Hispanic people, um, or, um, any random woman in a bar or later in the film, it's the general who's a white guy. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's not until he gets really kind of pinned down by this person. And he's like kind of out of options. He's out of options of who he can victimize at this point. Cause his, his wives are like, get away from me. His daughter's like, get away from me. Um, he doesn't have access to the people that he can victimize anymore because he keeps getting caught. So he victimizes the one, the one remaining person who, who is finally a white person. Oh, finally. I, I mean, obviously the whites, the whites, the wives are white the as well. Whites. Yeah. The white wives. Um, Yes. Yeah, I'm just I'm just taking a look at the notes here. Hey, um so take his, a look at the notes. So he uh at uh at some point he goes um he, he's running out of money. He's been counting his money at home and he run, he's running out and he goes and he um sees that there's this card game going on and uh at night and he's in his cop car <laughs> he's staring at me like that Daniels. I wanted to give you a reaction Un- unsettling right something now. Something that nobody listening can see. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, there's this card game going on and somebody comes in to rob the card game and the guy, the guy, one of the guys that gets robbed goes and chases after the robber. Right. And he goes running as well. And when they're in like a, essentially like an alley, um, he pulls out his gun and he kills. The, well, you should say Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. I think you, Woody Harrelson pulls out his gun and kills the guy that got robbed shoots him like three times and then the robber takes off he makes him take off his mask and the guy's like i got kids don't kill me don't kill me and he's like take some of the money out of the bag and put it in your pockets and then go and then woody harrelson picks up the rest of the money i got a little confused here because what i thought he was doing was setting up well i guess he did he essentially was setting up the um the robber for the murder right um presumably he takes the money and hides it and suggests that the robber got away with the money um, because, you know, he's having all this money trouble with the lawyers and stuff. Um, but then he, he, um, finds out that the general was there and essentially witnessed. So we didn't this. really, I mean, if you haven't seen this movie and you you're shouldn't listening, be listening to this, yeah, you're crazy. Well, yeah, that too. Well, you're fine to not see this movie, but <laughs> the general is a guy in a wheelchair who is presumably homeless drunk veteran who in the beginning we saw him give his fries to the dog yeah Woody Harrelson gave his fries to the general's dog so we kind of see him as an established character early on I gotta say also that when he shoots the guy the mm-hmm. uh guy who had been robbed yeah it just more so made me just not want to continue the movie because I yeah don't want to watch this guy anymore yeah well, again, he's 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 figuring out what he he, he needs money, so he, right. he does whatever. He... I need to not watch him anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyway, so he gets he's being investigated. He gets investigated for sh- the shooting, uh, his... which was also confusing 
Because the next thing that we see about it, he's explaining to one of his ex-wives about it. Yeah. And we didn't see any we didn't know talk that, about it. We didn't see any. We weren't sure if he. At that point. We didn't see him call it in or anything like right. that. Um, so we didn't know that he got caught or that he was being investigated or right. that the police even knew about the shooting. So that was a little weird. I agree. Um, so his his daughter, you know, all, all these eyes are people are watching him and stuff. And one of his, the mustache cop comes to him and says, you're being, you're his being watched. Mushy. Yeah. You're being watched. And he looks up and he sees that it's his daughter played by Brie Larson. Um, who's super, super talented. Yes. Nominated for Academy Award this year. See. Um, stuff to see that. Yeah. So they have this conversation where they, they talk about all, all sorts of stuff, but the big, a big piece of it is, um, for me is you see how the daughter was trained by him as a human being. So she's like moody and pissed off all the time. Um, and twice in the conversation, she says like disparaging, she, she has this need to sort of like put him in his place. And she says these disparaging things to him about him, um, or the situation that he's in. And one time it's, uh, those are mom's words, not mine. And then later when she says something to him, she says, those are your words, not mine. And so she's doing kind of the same thing that he does where um, she fulfills this like need that she has to put him in his place and then blames other people mm-hmm. for, for doing it. Um, it's not her fault that she didn't do it. It's what other people are saying, what you've been saying. So um, this is kind of interesting to see how much this, this character hates her father, but she in some ways has kind of become her father. Um, so a kind of a sad scene to watch yeah yep and then we get uh the next scene so we have um we have a scene with ice cube uh where he so um woody harrelson's character is in a like a little taqueria taqueria uh and uh and ice cube comes in and orders some food and then goes and sits down outside and he knows right away that it's uh internal affairs Woody and Harrelson knows. Woody Harrelson knows. You yes. gotta. Uh, thank you for you let people know who you're talking. No, about. that's you're doing Steve's job. You're keeping is me straight. That what Steve does? I, I don't know. Whoa, that's my Steve. Oh, is it? No. Um, so yeah, Woody better. Harrelson goes out and says, "I know your internal Steve. affairs. What's up?" Uh, and and Ice Cube goes, "Yay, yay!" And that's not at all what happens. We'd be clubbing. That's not at all what happens. Uh, he goes, "I know you don't smoke weed. I know this, but it's Friday." You ain't got no job. You ain't got ish to do. Not none of that happened. Um, I'm pretty sure it did. So they have a conversation, and he basically, you know, Woody Harrelson's like, "Look, I'm not a racist. I even sleep with people. You know, people of your. He says something to the effect of right. your kind. Essentially, I sleep. I've even slept Rappers. with some of your people. Um, and it's showing that there's still this distinction, and that's kind of where I was saying." Earlier in the film, he sleeps with a person of color, and then it kind of be, is used right. as a, a shield for him. Like, oh, I've got black friends. But then he does say something interesting, which is yeah. white cop in trouble for shooting an ethnic person. Again, they put a black investigator no, on No, totally. Yeah, no. And Look, there's, there's of course, even people who do stuff that's wrong, there's a little little bit of truth sometimes to some of the things they say. Yes. Um, but it doesn't – It you know, he's not in the right. And um, – Size so Cube's basically like, um, you know, my job is to see you go down for this, essentially. 
and uh, why you know why is it that you're still on patrol? And he says, you know, maybe it's yes. because I, they see that I'm innocent. And Ice Cube goes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not how it. Don Mega. So he goes to this club, Club Satan. <laughs> no, that's what it's called, Club Satan. With furries. Uh, yeah. Now so, with furries. So in Club Satan, there's like, it's like all red. And there's like loud ravey music and people with like little glow necklaces on. And there's just people having sex on couches and naked people. And he walks in and he like sees some really young girl that's probably about the age of his daughter. And they like kiss for a minute. And then he keeps going. Um, and uh, yeah, there's some furries. <laughs> and uh, there's just some weird rave stuff going on, some weird dancing and it's just crazy and people are definitely doing drugs crazy and stuff and then we see him finally give in to the one thing that we know he's wanted this entire film because the entire film he's never taken a bite of food no he doesn't eat in the film um and actually and brad pitt would not be in this movie yeah, woody harrelson uh lost a lot of weight for this movie i mean he's really really skinny in it he's it, a i just want to say he's a fantastic actor his performance and is i great loved in him in this yeah, but you hate As the character. Actor. Oh, but he did his job, mm-hmm. making me hate the character. Yeah, no, no. It's it's really all, all the performances Everybody were was good. Great. Yeah, Ice Cube, uh, Woody Harrelson, and um, and Brie Larson in particular, I thought yeah. were e- extraordinary in the film. And I honestly, it wasn't that hard because I hated the characters. But the I forget his name, but the guy who played the general. Stole the scenes for me yeah. that he was in. Yeah, he's in. Um, he's in another movie with, with Woody Harrelson, made by the same director called the The Messenger. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But so anyways, pronou- it's pronounced Messenger. Okay, so they uh, they're in this club, and he's just wolfing down. I'm not sure a sandwich or a burger or maybe yeah, multiple could, things. Maybe it was a burrito. Or but something. it was. It's it's hard to tell what it is because he's tearing this thing apart. Like he's just eating it. Like somebody who's never eaten anything or hasn't eaten anything in like a week, and uh, and so much so that he 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 gorges himself and then he gets sick because um, he's you know I'm sure he's not used to it and he may be on some drugs, but uh, um, yeah I like again go, kind of going back to this um, idea that he, there's you know he has these desires and this is the first time that he's uninhibited. That's the whole point of that club. Right. Is that right. like you lose your inhibition. So if you're a furry, you can be a furry and be, right. nobody judges you. If you just want to have sex in public, nobody's judging you. Um, and so for the first time he's uninhibited by what and he has no constraints of what people think he should do or what the LAPD thinks he should do. And he's like, give me that food. And he eats it until he throws up. Um, and kind of shows like, again, He's when he's got these restraints on him, how he releases that frustration and that desire, that need to control and um, be powerful is he takes it out on innocent people or he's a racist or he goes too far. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, kind of an interesting mm-hmm. scenario. So I just want to say real quick. Yeah. Because I just looked at something. Yeah. There is an actor that. A good amount of his movies, mm-hmm. or a good amount of movies that he's in, mm-hmm. I see, love his performance, yeah. go, oh, I want to look up who this actor is. Yeah. Look up on the credits or IMDb yeah. afterwards, look at it, and see Ben Foster, the, the and general. go, 
How did I not know that was Ben Foster? Yeah. I love Ben Foster yeah. since Flash Forward, the ABC <laughs> channel show when he was a kid. And he astounds me. And he was the general. He's the general, yeah. In this. And he is, I think, one of the biggest underrated actors. Yeah, he's because great. Because really I'm telling you this right now, and you probably don't know who I'm talking about, but you've seen him. In something, yeah, and he's amazing. Yeah, and um, again, but I'll, I digest. I'll, I'll digest the joke I stole from somebody. Uh, I'll address the messenger in a little bit, but he's in that with Woody Harrelson. And I'll um, even if you don't like this film, you should go and check out the messenger, which is the same director and same actors. Messenger. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, he got nominated for an Academy Award. I think the director for mm. I think maybe he wrote for a screenplay. He got a you know who didn't nomination? Who Ben Foster? Okay. I'm lobbying next year. I don't know what he's ben in. Foster for Oscar. Okay, so um, you know things continue to just spiral out of his control after this. Um, he uh, he goes and meets with his old man partner, ex cop friend, <laughs> boyfriend, uh, out on the beach, and he's like, "You got to help me out with this this thing." And he's like, "Again?" And he's like, "Still, it's still not you know working." And uh, and Ned Beatty's character, the old cops, basically like, I don't have anything to do with you. I've got business I got to run, and I got contacts, and I don't want to be tainted by you. I got to get out of here. And uh, um, Woody Harrelson's character pulls a gun on him and is like, "Tell me who's who's after me? Who is this that's doing this to me?" And uh, and Ned Beatty takes the gun from him, and Woody Harrelson cries and falls down on his knees, and then Ned Beatty attempts to kick him in the, the ribs. But he's kind of an old man and weak, and and uh, and Woody Harrelson's character just laughs, and then Ned Beatty has a heart attack and falls down yeah. in the sand. And, uh, Get help! And he, gets, he has to call an ambulance, but uh, he has, just gets left there. Yeah, so. Woody Harrelson, I'm out. Which, furthermore, I don't like him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's not in his it's not in his best interest to help this guy anymore. But it is though because well I guess if the guy has nothing else to offer him yeah then it isn't you're right yeah. he's done it is furthermore showing that aside from his kids I feel like and his wives yeah he uses people until he doesn't need anything from them or can't yeah. get anything yeah. So, satisfaction so something else has kind of happened in the film too um so he we goes bored. back to tommy's and he sees uh the general the general comes up and talks to him through the window and stuff and and woody harrelson's character has now taken to, to just drinking on the job in his car yep. just doesn't um, care shares his cigarettes and his booze with the general um the general's been beat up and he's like you know some cops did it they took their flashlights to me I, you know there's he's like you got all these black guys selling you know, golf balls, essentially, like, Which, you know. that's not illegal. I mean, people are allowed to golf. Yeah, I don't think that's what he meant, but. Well, that's what he said. So, uh, he's like, but I'm not, you know, I maybe sell a little bit of weed or whatever, but then, you know. I sell a little, smoke a little, but. Yeah. Uh, so, he, Woody Harrelson's character gives the general uh, a card, Linda's card, and says, call her, she deals with yeah. victims, blah, blah, blah. And so then. After all this other stuff happens, he comes back and talks to the general again, and the general's like, "Yeah, Linda and I, we're gonna, I'm gonna be famous. I'm gonna get all this money, and I'm gonna get a house, and all these people, you can just come and like get a change of clothes and take a shower, and nobody will judge you. Like, sort of this like, 
I'm going to make a homeless utopia, essentially. And there's one thing real quick yeah. that I feel like needed to be said. The previous scene when he meets with the general, mm-hmm. he fishes to see what the general knows or is going to say about the Christmas, about, about the, the market. Market that yeah. Woody Harrelson shot these guys at. The general was there. Yeah. And we don't know if the general actually saw it. Actually saw it. But you get the gist that Woody Harrelson realizes he's not going to say anything to anyone. Or believes he doesn't think he's going to. That he's not going to and, say anything. And I think that he thinks that if he gives him Linda, Linda will protect him. Right. Even if the general's like, oh, yeah, I saw this cop kill these people, Linda would protect him because she loves him. That's what he thinks. So that's what I think. So I don't, but continue with what okay. you're saying. So. Um, so later, so he talks to the general and all this stuff about, you know, and he's like, don't say her name and blah, 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 blah. And the general's like, you know, this is what, you know, all this money, she's going to help me out. And I'm going to be famous. I'm going to give all these talks and motivational things. And, and you know, the, Woody Harrelson's character is referred to them as brothers because they're both Vietnam vets. What's also interesting, though, is earlier when Woody Harrelson first met with Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. he said something close to that. Then I'm going to sue all of you. I'm going to get all this money. I'm going to be on talk shows and talk yeah. about this. Yeah. So it's interesting that they had that. Yeah. Um, and that's maybe a good point that maybe the general's about to get all the things that he was like, I could get these things. Right. But that's all. Or the general's the playing the same cards that Woody Harrelson was yeah. playing. So. Um, or Woody Harrelson realizes that he's just as crazy as the general. Yeah. I think it's probably more likely that he sees that like he's running out of options right. and the general's taking the option that maybe he was going to have. But so he, he ends up in Linda's pool um, and it's like pouring down rain and she's like, get out of the rain, come in the house. And he's like, you know, who are, you know, are you, did he, 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 he said something. So the general, the general said, said something to Woody Harrelson, Woody said, did you tell Linda about the He said, I told her everything. Crystal thing or about the market. And she, he says, yeah, I, I told her everything. I told her everything. But I don't think he told her anything. No, yeah. but that's what Woody Harrelson is now right. thinking, which makes me think that Woody didn't trust the general, trust her to protect him no matter what, because he wouldn't be flipping out Maybe. about it. Maybe. Um, well, he goes to the pool and he's trying to, he's trying to suss out whether she's on his side or not. And when she, when she's like, kind of doesn't want to talk to him outside in the rain, which is sane for us, but not right. for him. When she doesn't want to talk to him, he, he suddenly is like, you're against me. You, he told you the truth and now you're taking his side and you're, you're against me. So I, I, I don't know. I kind of thought that still maybe that, that he thought that she would protect him. And, and maybe, when she yeah. didn't want to have this conversation with him, it was because she was either, afraid of him or trying to lie to him or whatever. So he says to her, if you're on my side, get in the pool. And she's like, I'm not getting in the pool. And he's like, you know, she's like, she kisses him. and is like, please just come inside. And he's like, no, if you're on my side, you get in the pool. And she's like, I'm going inside. You do what you, you know, you do what you're going to do. Um, and so she goes inside and he calls her a bitch and all this stuff. And he, he basically trash mail blows that relationship too. Um, but then she still agrees to sleep with him, and then he's the one who says no. That's a different scene. That was earlier in the movie. No, I think that was... No, no, that that's, he stays out in the pool. And oh, you're right. That's when he broke yeah, into the house. It wasn't really... Yeah, I forgot about that scene. It wasn't really you important, know what? so I glossed over it. You know it. what? 
hit your 15 seconds back button on the podcast <laughs> yeah. and then hit it 15 seconds forward. Yeah. So I never said what I just said. Cool. So right? Dwayne, cut this out. Sure that, no, Dwayne's like, I cut it out. Dwayne, cut it we out. Don't, we don't do any edits on Dwayne, edit it. So, um, uh, so to, that scene in the pool happened and then uh, he didn't come inside, right? Right. Dwayne. So there's uh, another scene with the daughters that sort of like ends that relationship for the most part as well. Yes. Uh, it's a little earlier, but um, the with when Blake these things Lively happen. Blake Lively and not Anne from Arrested Development. Blake Lively? What's her name? Brie Larson? Yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> I don't and not Anne from Arrested Development. Yeah, she she looked a lot like Mae Whitman, um, but younger. So uh, the daughters find him at his like hotel room, and he's been drinking and stuff, and they bring him clothes. And the real reason they're there is because the younger daughter wants to know like if all this stuff is true. She sort of, I think, sort of sees her father, like most kids do, um, as probably a hero or like you mm-hmm. know infallible. But all the kids are saying bad things about him, and he tells them, "Yes, it's." It's all true, but everybody that I did anything to, they were bad guys. So then he starts spinning around going, it's all for you, Damien. Yeah, just like that. And then jumps out of off a roof with his yes. thing around his thing. So he ends up calling Cube. Uh, O'Shea. Yeah. And uh, he has him meet him at this like lookout over in Los Angeles, and he records a confession to the murder of date, the date rape guy. Woody Harrelson records. Well, obviously, it's not Cube. We don't know. Doing... Twist. <laughs> so today was not a good day. So, uh, so anyway, so he get, he offers the tape to Ice Cube and says, "You can have this if you cut a deal with me." And Ice Cube's like, this is not the confession I want. I want the confession to these, this, you know, the shooting, not this, you know, the not shooting, the other the, stuff, the Christmas market shooting or whatever they're calling it. Yeah. Of the, I think Crystal Market. Crystal Market. Okay. Uh, and so, and, and he walks off and leaves the tape and where he goes and throws the tape at him and stuff. Which I wanted that. You wanted to be him, the ending. You, I wanted. You wanted to take the tape? Well, I wanted him to confess to everything. Yeah. I because the thing is Woody Harrelson needs to be in jail and if no one else is going to put him in jail, he needs to put himself in jail. Well, and he, I mean, he couldn't have taken the that confession. I think he's I think he was right in not taking the confession. No, but that's what I'm saying. I wanted yeah. him to confess yeah. for the Crystal Market shooting. But you know, of course he's not going to because Kube it doesn't it. doesn't serve needs because so if he my needs. if he needs to get his family back and his girlfriend back and be able to be a cop again, he figures the least that I can do kind of like memorizing the the legalese um, does the least amount possible to right. give people what they want. So, but he, so the, that shooting one, he will ultimately be looked at as justified and like as people will still see, see it as right. a service because cops believed it. They call him date rape. They believe that he did it and they basically turn him into a hero over. It. They put him on a pedestal over. It. So if he admits to that killing, it's like, Oh yeah, I admitted to the killing and being a bad guy. But you know, really the guy deserved it and blah, blah, blah. Right. But not the, the killing that Cube wanted because that would not give right. Woody Harrelson's just character a bad guy. But yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. I wanted him to admit he's yeah. just a bad guy and then everyone else can get what they need, but I don't think which that's... is him out of their life. But the point isn't 
I don't think the point of the film is catharsis, and we we kind of talked about but that it too. Should be. I mean, I like I look. Anybody I do who knows have something... me, anybody who knows me knows that I prefer catharsis in a film. Um, I don't like movies to g- generally be open ended. Um, as a character study, I think this is an, a fine ending to the film. Um, so it is or isn't is um, as a character study. Um, so he so the movie ends. He goes to. Um, check in on his family and he's standing outside the house and they're all eating dinner and there's a new man in the house. And so clearly, dating both sisters, <laughs> no, 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 dating both sisters, but, um, and he's a hit with the youngest daughter. Clearly the older daughter played by Brie Larson. Helen gets up and goes to, uh, like a enclosed porch and starts to smoke a cigarette. And then she sees, uh, Woody Harrelson, her father mm-hmm. looking at her through in like the bushes. the bushes. Yeah. And they just look at each other and um, it's like, yep. So what, this is, this is our, this is the new family You're You're officially out. Um, and so the movie ends with him getting back in his car and driving away. And again, we have these really tight close up shots of him just driving and then it just the camera moves to black and credits roll. That's the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a tough one to watch uh, for, for several reasons. It's, it's very slow. It's, um, it, you know, like we said, it's the character is very, very unlikable. So it makes it difficult to watch. There's no one really to root for until Ice Cube shows up in right. the film. I mean, even the kids, it's like you should root for the kids or something for the kids. And they ultimately get something good for them. Right. But, um, you know, they're still kind of like, you know, like Brie Larson's character is kind of how she delivers what she's trying to do and fulfill those needs. Like I said, um, is done in such a negative way that it's right. hard to root for her. Even she's the next generation of Woody. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a great moment though. Uh, when they go to his hotel room and he says, everybody I've hurt deserved it. And she goes, well, what about us dad? And he goes, did I ever hurt you? And she gives him this like momentary look of like, did you really just fucking ask me that question? You know, like, yeah. I mean, it was it was a really brilliant look by a young actress. She's that's, fantastic. Yeah, that you don't normally see that kind of reaction from young people. Um, so yeah, I uh, I have mixed feelings about the film. I, it's not a movie I'd watch again. Uh, I thought the performances were great. I thought it was really really well made. Um, I didn't love the movie. I didn't enjoy it that much. Yeah, I agree. I was upset because I thought it was going to be a movie about a giant gorilla and a giant lizard and a giant wolf uh, rampaging. A bunch of that's ramp not that's rampage not rampart yeah well i got it confused mm. you know they're trying to make rampage into a movie are they yeah it's gonna be terrible it could be great it's not gonna be <laughs> yeah right it could be it won't be but it could be yeah but it's not um so yeah so how was your your first time on view the right thing daniel well it's always scary your first time but yeah. they always say that you just have to you know, it's easiest to get it over with. Even if it's a bad experience, the next one will be better. Sure. And so, no, it was great. I had a lot of fun. Well, um, hopefully you'll come back and do another one with us. Eh, we'll see. I have so much to do. You're so busy. Yeah. I. Uh, but, um, no, I had a great time. Thanks for having me. Would you like Wes, to- thanks for having me in your ears, listeners. Viewsters. We call them viewsters. I'm not going to do that. Uh, that's too bad. They like it. I don't think they do. The Vistas. 
Our lovely. Well, thank you for listening to a few good men. We had a really great time. <laughs> finally, finally, he's been. He, he probably thought of that two minutes ago and was like, "I got it." No, I thought about it an hour ago, but I didn't want to horseshoe it in. So, do you uh, do you want to pull the next movie Steve and I are going to watch? I would love to. Okay, just pull one of those out and then read it. All right. What you got? Okay, I got Rampart. Shut up! You do not. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Okay, we're who gonna... hasn't seen Goodfellas? Uh, I'm surprised that one of you you haven't seen Goodfellas. Maybe not. That's fine. I uh, I will say this: I saw Goodfellas in the most terrible of conditions, yeah. and don't remember much of it. Yeah, I've seen parts of it. I've never seen the full ramparts thing. of it. Yeah, ramparts. Of I it. want you to do me a favor. Work rampart into every. In the next episode, if you're going to say part, use Rampart. Yeah, oh, okay. Like, we should I just got work this it. great Rampart in my hair, and it's just looking great. Yeah, we should just work in the titles into every episode. Daniel, it was great having you on here. You're such a good fella. That's not – no, you and Steve are good fellas. Ah, okay. I, yeah, I really enjoyed you guys. Look, when you go on your vacation to the Hodorowsky's Dune – No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's not talk about Dune again. All right, so uh, that is the episode. Um, you can f- probably find Daniel every once in a while on Twitter. <laughs> That's at, not a great at it's movie. Daniel Weiss. Um, yeah, it's pretty jawsome. He's he's uh, that's funny. Um, he uh, he's not a big social media guy. I gotta get better at that. Yeah, but uh, hey, go there. Sure. Go there, tweet at him, and maybe, see. maybe next year he'll look at it. Something <laughs> great. Just uh, I'm, if, you uh, yeah. if you haven't seen uh, the People versus OJ yeah. American Crime Story episode one, make sure you check it out. Um, he's the last thing Pretty you fun. see before the commercial second, the second commercial break. Commercial break. Uh, he was great in it. Um, I'm a yeah, guy with a camera. Yeah, he's pretty, yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Pretty exciting. We all yelled and screamed and cheered. It was great. Yeah, it was really fun. Actually, um, my favorite uh, my favorite way of watching movies right now that I recommend to people is Voodoo. Voodoo is making. Uh, are we sponsored by Voodoo. We are not sponsored. I wish. Can we be Voodoo? Will you sponsor us? Um, Voodoo is the right way to watch movies. It really is. I, I always if so. If Voodoo a, the right thing. <laughs> so proudly sponsored by. If a movie is available to stream via subscription service, I always um, post on our Facebook page the link to that. So if it's on Netflix or if it's on Amazon or something, but if it's not available to stream on a subscription service, I always post the Voodoo link for people to rent or buy it. Um, I I think it's a it's a great service. They do really great quality um, transfers and. Um, it's just easy to it just makes life easier. But uh right now they have the People versus OJ episode one for free. And when you click to when you create your account and click to buy it, you own it forever. You can actually download it to your hard drive if you want. So yeah, you can own me. Wait, you can own that's yeah. wrong. Um so you know, check that out. Anyways, uh And also I would really like yep. to just give a quick shout out shout out to shout out. Mountain Dew. You should sponsor me. <laughs> it's Mountain Dew. I love you. Yeah, the drink, Daniel's drink of choice. So, so if anyone out there works for Mountain Dew, we would uh, Mountain Dew the right thing would really appreciate it. Yeah, that's probably. Ooh, right. we can make a special flavor called Mountain View. Yeah, cool. Uh, on that note, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take off. Thanks for listening. My pants. Bone Cinema.